0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right by applying various techniques of mindfulness you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime whether it's at home work or at play welcome to come back to your senses radio with host leah brenda smith our program is all about recovering your common sense now here's health and wellness specialist leah brenda smith
2: hello i am your host leah brenda smith and Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and simultaneously broadcast on Project Freedom Radio Network. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at my personal website, Brendasmith.com or on Facebook, uh, the radio page, Come Back to Your Senses Radio. So this week, we are talking about universal laws and principles. Another big subject to try to tackle, but I'm going to give a few different points of view and um, give some suggestions of ways that you can be mindful of uh, these governing laws uh, and how they can apply to your daily life. Universal laws, you can think of them as rules or patterns that can be applied to everything in the universe. Now, it's useful to know that... It's useful to know the laws because of the universality of them and their application. And a universal principle is a spiritual truth that always applies and to which no exception can be found. So unlike some of those uh, rules in spelling that it's only this way except sometimes, when you have universality, you have something that's true and constant and always the same. So the universe is perfectly balanced by natural and moral laws with regulatory vibrations to maintain order. And when you work within the laws, then you can be assured of an eventual positive outcome. And when the laws are transgressed, then some would suggest that you can be assured of some form of suffering. But it's good to remember that the only purpose of, the only purpose of suffering really is to teach, to teach us a better way of being. A better way being a way that more closely reflects our truest nature. Now, all the natural laws discovered by the scientists are approximations to universal principles. So, If you think about uh, science comes at things from the natural world, things that can be measured, and uh, universal principles come from a more, uh, what some might say, abstract perspective. But all physical emotional, mental, and spiritual phenomena operate in accordance with the universal principle. All philosophies, religions, sciences, and other belief systems are really valuable attempts to describe the universal principle. However, they usually do not impose universal agreement due to their being established for one particular time or place or for a particular individual or group or a particular set of circumstances. And then the numbers of years that these ideas survive is likely an indication of their closeness, their closeness to universal principle. Universal principles are most exper- experientially, they're they're really, it's the real phenomena in the universe. So to be able to define universal principles as they really are, is to assume the viewpoint of the creator, which is certainly no small feat. You know, it, it just isn't possible to define them perfectly. But the closer that we can get to the truth of the creator's viewpoint, the more effective our attempts to define universal principles will be. Some perspectives on universal law suggest that there are seven primary universal principles. And since the Law of Attraction was brought to the attention of humanity, various teachers have been putting together new ways of understanding these laws or principles, and some reference materials suggest that there are 12 or 20 or 33 or even more such laws that govern the universe. Now, no doubt the influx of all this information, it's all intended to assist humanity in moving in the direction of a cooperative rather than competitive approach to life and living in harmony with the earth and with each other. It's natural that people would want to discover, is there some universality at the base of everything, some common bond, some common principles that we can adhere to that would line things up in a better way for the earth and for things to work out for everyone and not just a select group of the population. The word law is somewhat accurate and somewhat inaccurate because law, although technically can be used in this context it usually implies that something is authoritative and must be obeyed for fear of some sort of retribution, like the laws that any place has for their country. But perhaps the more correct word in this context of these universal fundamentals is principle. You know, the word has always been used in esoteric and occult circles by the mystery schools. They've always referred to them as universal principles. So we're going to take a look at what is referred to as the seven primary and fundamental universal principles that are really principle to the workings of the universe to which we are all subject. There's a seminal work on the universal principles that states that The principles of the truth of seven. He who knows these understandingly possesses the magic key, before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. Now this comes from the Kapalian, a study of hermetic philosophy of ancient Egypt and Greece by what's been referred to as the three initiates. Now, the universe exists in perfect harmony by virtue of these laws, and the ancient mystical, esoteric, and secret teachings that date back over 5,000 years, some from ancient Egypt, others from the Greek uh, civilization, and also the Vedic traditions of ancient India, they all have as their common thread these seven spiritual laws or principles of the universe. And once you understand and apply and align yourself with these universal laws, then it's said that you will experience transformation in every area of your life, and some would suggest beyond what we could really, really imagine. So I've cobbled together some of the different representations of these seven uh, basic universal principles. And two of the sources that I used were from Adrian Cooper and Tanya Kotas. So the first one is the principle of mentalism. And this principle embodies the truth that the entire universe is an infinite living mind universal mind and consciousness, of which everything and everyone is an integral aspect. So everything in the universe, in all of its dimensions or spheres, exists within the infinite living universal mind. And this living mind in which we live and move and have our being might truly, by some, be called God, or the first cause, or source energy. The principle explains and accounts for all of what is often referred to as phenomena, which people regard as miracles or supernatural, some even refer to it as paranormal, abilities such as psychic powers, telepathy, telekinesis, by location, and many others. So this principle of mentalism also explains the true nature of energy, power, and matter, and why these are ultimately under the control of and subordinate to the power of the mind. Mentalism, or infinite living mind, explains why we as humans are made in the image of God. That we can create mentally in the microcosm akin to the way that God, the source or the first cause, the all-universal mind, created the entire universe in the macrocosm. The all is mind. The universe is mental. And everything that we see and experience in our physical world has its origins in the invisible mental realm. It tells us that there is a single universal consciousness, the universal mind, from which all things manifest. All energy and matter at all levels is created by and is subordinate to this omnipresent universal mind. So your mind is part of the universal mind, the same in kind, with only the only difference really being one of degree. Your reality is a manifestation of your mind, and this is true mind power. No, humans, humanity has often been referred to as creator beings. And some would suggest that we've been journeying through a time in life when humanity is once again awakening to the reality of our ability to create. And that is why there's so much focus at this time in the history of humanity on the importance of where it is that we put our mental energy. Our thinking, especially our collective thinking, is the energetic blueprint that creates the reality that we experience. So with conscious, purposeful, collective intent, we have the ability to create reality in a way that would be sustaining, satisfying, and nurturing for the earth and for all of its inhabitants. So that's the first principle, the principle of mentalism. And then the second one is the the principle of correspondence. You know, another important universal principle in the teaching. The teaching is that there is a direct correspondence between all planes of reality. So the principle of correspondence. The material universe of matter is the lowest plane, realm, or dimension, of an infinite universe, or even, if you like, subtler planes of energy, of increasing vibration. And as the vibration increases, then the relative density decreases. So everything in the entire universe, without exception, is subject to divine order. Otherwise, there would be chaos, and the universe would collapse in an instant. This divine order is prevalent between all of the great planes of life, because anything which occurs on one plane will be reflected on all other planes in exactly the same degree. So this has to be the case in order to maintain a perpetual state of balance, harmony, and universal equilibrium. The principle of correspondence is most aptly represented by that famous axiom as above, so below. And this means that there's harmony, agreement, and correspondence between the physical, mental, and spiritual realms. There is no separation, since everything in the universe, including you, originates from the one source. The same pattern is expressed on all planes of existence, from the smallest electron, To the largest star and vice versa. So this is a principle that is really about all is one. And the ancient Greek temple of Apollo at Delphi was referring to this great law of correspondence in the inscription, Know thyself and thou shalt know all the mysteries of the gods and the universe, the principle of correspondence. And then next we move on to the principle of vibration. Now the basis of this principle of vibration is that everything in the universe is constantly in motion. Nothing ever rests for a single moment Vibration is, in fact, a characteristic of energy, a fact which quantum physics is now rapidly coming to accept as the fundamental basis of the laws of the greater universe. So the principle of vibration also explains the difference between all manifestations of matter, energy, and spirit, all of which are ultimately pure vibration or energy. Everything from the highest aspect of God, pure spirit, the very highest manifestation of vibration of all, all the way out to the physical world of matter, all are degrees and manifestations of vibration or energy all within the infinite universal mind so the axiom that like energy attracts like energy which the law of attraction is based has its foundation in this law the principle of vibration you know everything that we experience with our five physical senses is conveyed through vibrations The same applies to the mental realm. Your thoughts are vibrations. All of your emotions are vibrations. Where unconditional love, in the sense of love for another, is the highest and the most subtle of the emotional vibrations. And hate is the densest and the lowest vibration. And you can learn to control your mental vibrations at will. Which is really the greatest use of true thought power, that principle of mentalism. So we have the principle of mentalism, the principle of correspondence, the principle of vibration, and now the principle of polarity. So the principle of polarity affirms that everything in the universe is dual, having two poles. And this principle also supports the fact that there are no absolutes in nature. For example, when people refer to hot or cold, these are not absolutes. They are rather degrees of hot and degrees of cold relative to or in comparison with each other. There are therefore no extremes, but rather only degrees of the same thing. North and south, east and west, are merely degrees of direction. So similarly, light and dark are only degrees of illumination. The question being, where would light begin and where does darkness end? The same principle applies to large and small, black and white, hard and soft, noise and quiet, high and low, positive and negative, open and closed, I often think of that example in terms of our um, human energy field, and people will say, well, you know, is my energy open or is my energy closed? And I like to think of it more in terms of degrees of free-flowingness. So it's neither open nor closed. It's just degrees, a degree of free-flowingness. So another example are the concepts of love and hate which again are only degrees of the same emotion with like and dislike being somewhere within these two parameters. There can be no absolute love or absolute hate. And the experience of these two polarities, as with all experience, will vary according to the perceptions of each individual. So something that one something one person might perceive as being associated with hate might well be loved by the next person. All degrees and all preferences. So this particular example of the principle of polarity highlights the possibility of mental transmutation, which is also known as alchemy. So, in alchemy, the hate of something can be transmuted to love of the same thing, with transmutation taking place along that same polar axis. Similarly, bad or negative attributes of the solar spirit can be transmuted along the same axis to their similar corresponding good or positive attributes. The principle of polarity is therefore extremely important in the process of the ennoblement and perfection of every human being on a sacred path back to our divine creator. You can transform your thoughts from hate to love, from fear to courage by consciously raising your vibrations. Now, This is what in the ancient hermetic teachings is called the art of polarization. Rising above the law of polarity. This principle of duality may appear to be very real in your life, but it operates only in the physical and mental realms not in the spiritual realm where all is one. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, God is above the opposites. So by always placing the all-powerful, all-knowing great spirit of which you are a part behind your every thought, statement, and action, and by always focusing on the good, then even when things appear to be going bad, in time you will rise above the law of polarity. So this law of polarity is telling us also that it really does matter where it is that you put your focus. The law of polarity. It's all about degrees. And then the next is the principle of rhythm. And this principle of rhythm, it encompasses the truth that there's always action and reaction along the same axis of polarity. So everything flows out and flows in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swings and manifests in everything. The measurement of the swing to the right is the measurement of the swing to the left. And the rhythm compensates. The pendulum swings in everything. And this principle can be seen in operation in the waves of the ocean, in the rise and the fall of the great empires, in business cycles, in the swaying of your thoughts from being positive to negative, and in your personal successes and failures. So in accordance with this principle of rhythm, When anything reaches a point of culmination then the backward swing begins almost unnoticeably until such time that any forward movement has been totally reversed. Then the forward movement begins again and then the process just repeats itself. So rising above the law of rhythm to transcend the swing of the pendulum you must become aware of the subtle start of the backward movement in any of your endeavors, whether it's to improve your health, your finances, your relationships, or any goal that you may set in motion. So when you feel the law start to draw you back, do not become fearful or discouraged. Instead, knowing that you are one with the omnipotent universal mind for which nothing is impossible, just keep your thoughts focused on your outcome and stay focused to remain positive no matter how far back this transitory law pulls you. So even if your efforts meet with some types of failure, find comfort that by virtue of this very same law, the upward motion will start again. So in time, your preservation will be rewarded as the backward movement becomes less negative relative to your previous backward swing, and you raise yourself higher. So all of these examples of the universal principle of rhythm, you know, the entire universe and everything and everyone within are all subject to the principles of rhythm, from the very highest to the very lowest aspects, and in an infinite degree of magnitude. The entire universe operates in these cycles of rhythm. You know, in ancient civilizations, such as the Maya, were experts at observing, measuring, and recording these cycles, which they recorded in their advanced calendar systems the Maya long count calendar cycle of which ended on December 21st, 2012. That really is the most famous example of that type of a cycle. But we're all aware of those natural cycles of ebb and flow and how that just naturally happens in our energy. And so when we're mindful of this law in action, then it makes it easier to give a little flex with ourselves with respect to our goals, so that we don't get discouraged. Just give a little flex in yourself. Be a little elastic to account for that ebb cycle that comes. And when you know that you're just under the influence of this natural cycle of ebb, you can just maintain your position. Rather than that sense of really being thrown far off balance, just hold hold strong to your uh, final destination or outcome until that cycle of the ebb passes and you'll find yourself picking up again in the next swing of the pendulum into the flow. It's a good reminder for all of us. And then as we move on to the next principle, it is the principle of cause and effect, which is also known as causation. Another extremely important principle. Some people have the idea that this is the most important and exalted principle. And one which affects everyone in a profound way. Because every cause has its effect. And every effect has its cause. In accordance with this principle, every effect you see is in your outside or physical world has a very specific cause which has its origin in your inner or mental world. And this is the essence of thought power. Every one of your thoughts, words, or actions sets a specific effect in motion which will come to materialize over time. So to become the master, if you like, of your destiny, you must master your mind. For everything in your reality is a mental creation. And know that there's nothing like chance or luck. They're simply terms used by humanity, the uh, people in humanity that are really unaware of this law. Everything really is based on cause and effect. Your intentions are instantly created. The law of cause and effect applies on all three planes of existence, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical. The difference really is that on the spiritual plane, cause and effect are instantaneous, such that they appear inseparable, where on the other planes our concept of time and space, that's what creates the time lag between the cause and the eventual effect. So know that when you focus on your chosen goals with intention, using creative visualization as an example, that which you want to create in the physical world is automatically manifested in the spiritual world. And with perseverance, and patience, and continued concentrated thought, it will also come to materialize in the physical world. So this is really, this is the principle of cause and effect. And then the seventh principle is referred to as the principle of gender Gender is in everything. Everything has its masculine and its feminine principles. This law is evident throughout creation in the so-called opposite sexes, found not only in human beings, but also in plants, in minerals, electrons. And magnetic poles, just to give an example of a few. So everything and everyone contains both masculine and feminine elements. Among the outward expressions of feminine qualities, they're often associated with love and patience, intuition and gentleness. And of the masculine qualities are energy, self-reliance, logic, and intellect. And these are the energies that are assigned not to the individual sex, as in man and woman, but the energies of feminine energy and masculine energy. And the principle of gender embodies the truth that everything in the universe has both masculine and feminine principles. And this not only applies to humans, animals, or other life where it manifests in the physical world, but to everything in creation, animate objects and inanimate objects. The principle of gender constantly works in the direction of generation, regeneration, and creation. Every male element includes a degree of the female element. And conversely, every female element contains a degree of the male element. The principle of gender also operates in full accordance with the principle of polarity, where there can be no absolute male or no absolute female, but only relative degrees of maleness and femaleness. So know that within every woman are all the qualities of feminine energy as well as all the qualities of masculine energy. And within every man are all the qualities of masculine energy and all the qualities of feminine energy. So knowing this makes it easier to embrace and enjoy the full spectrum of feminine and masculine qualities in yourself and then also in everyone else. Then the gestation period is also associated with the law of gender. You know, all things need time to grow, time to mature, time to sprout into being. And we see this all through nature. You know, it takes nine months for a human child to grow and to be born into the world. All seeds must germinate before sprouting up. And all ideas, they need time. Time to gestate. So just to review what the seven principles are that we just went through, we talked about the principle of mentalism, the one mind, the all-mind, and the principle of correspondence, which is more commonly known as that idea of as above, so below, and the principle of vibration, that everything is vibration. It's just a question of things vibrating at different frequencies. Some things are a higher, lighter vibration and frequency, and some are a denser or lower vibration and frequency. And then the principle of polarity. Hot and cold, light and dark. And saying that they aren't absolutes, they aren't at opposite ends of the spectrum so much as it is more a question of the degree of something, that it's all about degrees in the principle of polarity, and then the principle of rhythm, that all things are governed by natural cycles and rhythms like the ebb and the flow, the tides, the night and the day, and that things will always come around. The pendulum swings in both directions with respect to everything. And then the principle of cause and effect, which is known as the principle of causation. Right? For every cause, there is an effect. And in the spiritual realm, things the, the effect manifests immediately. And in the mental and the physical realm, it takes more time because of the governance of time and space and matter. And then the last principle is the principle of gender, that there is masculine energy and feminine energy in all things. So those are the seven main principles that are commonly referred to and really you can find in these ancient civilizations like in Egypt and in Greece and in India in the Vedic traditions. And... You'll notice that the Law of Attraction is not specifically mentioned as one of the seven universal laws. And this is not to diminish its importance, but rather to highlight it, because the Law of Attraction is the basic law of the universe, which runs through all seven universal laws that we just discussed. And it holds everything together. It is through the knowledge of the Law of Attraction that one can rise above the laws of polarity and rhythm and get a better understanding of each of the seven universal laws. You know, some years ago during a workshop with uh, Jerry and Esther Hicks, a student asked Abraham, the non-physical teacher that Esther Hicks works with, what are the universal laws? And this is the response that the student received. Abraham said that these laws are eternal, which means they're forever. The laws are universal, which means that they're everywhere. And they are absolute. So whether you know that they are or not, they exist whether you accept that they exist or not. And they influence your life, whether you know that they do or not. So, Abraham says when we use the word law, we're not referring to the earthly agreements that many of you term when you use the law, like the law of gravity and the law of time and space, and then even the laws that we have that control the traffic and the behavior of the citizens. But when we use the word law, we're speaking of those everlasting, ever-present laws. And there are not so many of them. You would believe there is a lot more, but there's not so many of them. So, well, we've already discussed... In a previous show, we did a whole show actually on the law of attraction and, uh, Abraham certainly is always discussing this law of attraction. But Abraham's letting us know that really the law of attraction and the law of deliberate creating, they're worth mentioning again because it helps us to understand the law of allowing. And when you come to understand and apply all these basic laws of attraction, the law of attraction, deliberate creating and allowing, then you have an understanding of really how the universe functions. You'll have an understanding about everything that comes into your experience, how it comes into your experience. And you can recognize that you are the inviter, the creator, and the attractor of all the things that come into your life. So, then you understand that you have deliberate control over your life experiences. And when you understand that, then there's a greater opportunity for freedom. Because freedom comes from an understanding of how you're getting what you're getting. And when you understand how things operate that way, then it's easier. The rules are the same, whether it's physical life experience or non-physical life experience. And the most powerful, that underlying law, is the law of attraction. And that law simply states that that which is likened to itself is drawn. Like we have that saying that says, birds of a feather flock together. And that's our awareness of the law of attraction. We all notice that when bad things happen in your life that everything starts to go wrong. You notice that when you wake up in the morning feeling good, you have a happier day. And when you begin your day with a fight with somebody, that you can find that your day can be more negative. And indeed, everything that you're experiencing from the most obvious to the most subtle is influenced by this powerful law. So when you think about something that pleases you, by law of attraction, other thoughts that are similar to it will come forward. And when you think of something that displeases you, by the law of attraction, other thoughts that are like it will begin to come forward. And then you may find yourself reaching into your past for more of those thoughts, You find yourself discussing with others until you notice that you're surrounded by larger and larger every growing thought. And as the thought is growing larger and larger, it's gaining momentum. And it's gaining in power and gaining in attraction. So it's really important for us to recognize that. So that when we focus on the law of mentalism and understanding the power of our thoughts then we can be more mindful to ensure that we are thinking the things that are aligned with what it is that we're really wanting. So when you take your attention from the things that you don't want and bring your attention to the things that you do want, then you'll draw the experiences that you want to yourself. And that is the law of deliberate creating. The law, this law really has two sides. On the one hand, it's the thought, and on the other hand, it's the expectation or the belief or the allowing. So when I've, when I've given thought to something, and now I'm expecting it, believing that it will be, now I'm in the perfect position to receive the subject of my thought. You get what you think about, whether you want it or not. So your thoughts are powerful attracting magnets, and they attract to themselves, and you attract to them, and they attract, and you get what you want. So when you're feeling lonely, you attract more loneliness. When you're feeling poor, you attract more poverty. When you feel sick, you attract more sickness. And when you feel unhappy, you attract more unhappiness. But when you feel healthy and vital and alive and prosperous, then you attract more health and vitality and aliveness and prosperity. The way that you feel is your point of attraction. And it's usually easier to see these laws at work when you look into others' experiences. You'll notice that those who speak most of prosperity have it, and those that speak most of health have it. Those that speak most of sickness have it. And those that speak most of poverty have it. It's law. It can't be any other way. So we encourage you really to reflect into your own life experience and remember that those things that you have experienced before, remember that. And watching from this point forward for the correlation between what you are hearing here and what your life experiences, what you are living. Knowing that there's not a shred of evidence that exists anywhere in your universe that's contrary to this idea of like attracts like. So if you'd begin to notice then that you are getting what you have been thinking about, then and only then will you be wanting to pay more attention, deliberate attention, to controlling your thoughts controlling your thoughts and being mindful of what it is that you are thinking. Diane Cooper um, wrote a book called A Little Light on Spiritual Laws, and she offers some specific points to focus on that, when applied, can really help us incorporate the energy of universal principles into our daily life. So I'm just going to read some of these and I encourage you just to relax and open your energy or open your mind and just be open to allow these to, to float into you if you like and see the opportunity that's available. You know, The universe loves you and holds a vision of your future as an enlightened person no matter what mistakes you are making on the earth. The universe waits without judgment as we experience and learn. And when we are ready, then it opens new doors. When you are happy, heaven rejoices. God's will is for you to do what gives you fulfillment and joy and a sense of worth. Choices that promote love, harmony, and joy come from divine will and always empower us. When you're ready to receive something from the universe, just ask calmly and pleasantly. The angels find it difficult to access you through deep negativity. They can only stand by and help. The universe rearranges itself to reflect your reality. As soon as you're ready to ask for help, you're ready to receive it. You're ready to accept the wisdom that goes with it. And then the higher powers will align themselves to help you. The inner attracts the outer. If something in your outer world is not what you want it to be, then look inside and shift. How you feel about yourself, you will then automatically attract different people and experiences to you. Never resist failure. Instead attract success. Always embrace the positive rather than resisting the negative. Releasing control frees yourself. Quit resisting. Decide what you want from life and start to send out that magnetic energy of excitement and enthusiasm that will draw positive things to you. The more a characteristic in someone else bothers you, the more your soul is trying to draw a reflection to your attention. Never try to change someone else for they are reflecting you. So look within and change yourself. If you wish to be free, detach yourself from everyone and everything. It is a prerequisite for enlightenment. Nature does not allow a vacuum, so something always moves into an empty space. Your task is to ensure that you fill it with something better. Our life becomes abundant when we flow with the higher qualities of life. True success is a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. Lack of clarity ties up your psychic energy and keeps you in confusion. But clarity frees you to move forward and opens new doors. So the moment you make a clear decision, a light goes on over your head and the powers that be in the universe see the light and align behind you to manifest your vision. The most spiritual thing is to have money and use it wisely with love. The spiritual idea is to have enough and know this is plenty. True prosperity comes when we accept our bountiful birthright and the responsibility and power that this entails. Align your frequency to that of your vision, and it will manifest into your reality. Our aim is to balance all aspects of life. If you have a problem with someone, mentally wish them well. This will start to heal karma. If your beliefs do not make you happy, change them now. When the powers that be believe that you can do a piece of work properly, they will give you the responsibility for it. Challenges and responsibilities are an honor. They indicate that spiritually you are ready for greater things. And your responsibility is to empower and strengthen others and encourage them to carry out their own responsibilities. Because when we take responsibility for someone else's decisions, we do not serve their highest growth. Listen to your intuition and trust it to guide you. The sooner we do only things which give us a sense of joy and enthusiasm, the more quickly we will raise our frequency and that of those around us. Radiate pure energy and you will transmute the unhappiness of those around you. Within every challenging situation is the gift of a lesson. Our task is to learn the lesson and appreciate how it has taught us. Grace allows healing to occur because the high frequency vibration of love transmutes the lower vibration of pain and free. So give and receive grace, which is the divine mercy that sets people free. And then just before we close out the show, the expression of unconditional love will eventually result in harmony. Unconditional love is not romantic love. It is the acceptance of others as they are without judgment or expectation. It is total acceptance of others without attempting to change them except by our own positive example. The principle of unconditional love says that if you go out of your way to express unconditional love, you automatically rise above fear. And as you transcend your fears, you automatically open to the expression of unconditional love. So just a reminder, if we want more friendships in our life, then we need to be friendly to other people. If we want more happiness, then we need to let go of our sadness and practice smiling. If we want more caring and nurturing, then we want to remove the barriers and open up to receiving. When you are open to receiving, then people around you will automatically nurture you. So I hope that you have found some good tips here for yourself and how you can use the awareness of universal laws and principles in your daily life. You have been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy your life.
1: We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.